Welcome to It's Our Turn. Welcome to It's Our Turn. Queers and cults. cults. Oh my God. My name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Tony. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. We would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe, and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. This land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current ongoing process, and we need to build the mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honortax.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support those tribes. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering around manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Is it happening? Is it, is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? like went to Olive Garden <laughs> and it was me, my mom, my sister, my brother and you I came out of Olive Garden? That's the fucking gayest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know! I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it... I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. I like how I was reading that off my phone. Oh, cool. I turned my I turned your mic on just in time. Uh- <laughs> Uh, <laughs> whoops um i like how i was reading that on my phone because i keep you know keep keep it on my phone and um mm-hmm. i had the phone right up by the mic right for a notification yay because we're so professional Woohoo! anyways absolutely welcome to it's our turn queers in cults um my name is aiden my pronouns are they them my name is tony pronouns are he him and we this show if you are new um, we talk about our experiences with um, toxic religion and uh, how we're, you know, like how we're dealing with toxic it. religion. Who is she? <laughs> well, let me tell you, you came to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> toxic religion. Uh, yeah, we I was raised in um, very strict Pentecostal. I refer to it as the cult now because that's what it um, most closely resembles um and uh yeah that left me with left me pretty fucked up so yeah it did <laughs> listen <laughs> i i need commentary on the subject not on me thank oh, you sorry. this is this is <laughs> o- outward to the world not to each other okay, okay. speaking of talk about trauma boundaries <laughs> Speaking of boundaries, <laughs> I would like to put one on you right now. <laughs> back, <laughs> Satan, back. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> Holy water. <laughs> no, I honestly, if somebody were to do that with a whip, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, you'd be into it a little bit. A little bit. You know what? You know what? Um, toxic religion and trauma often does leave you with. I came out of my my toxic religion with a with a love for BDSM. 
<laughs> yeah. Have you seen those like TikToks that's like, you know, like, oh, what did, <clears throat> like, experience trauma. I thought that I would get like, you know, come out of it with this or that resilience or whatever. Nope. You know, daddy issues or like <laughs> um, uh, uh, some, some kind of kink, you know. Yeah. A degradation kink or something, which is, I mean, great. Like, honestly, if you can turn your trauma into uh, an enjoyable sexual experience, fucking good for you. Yeah. Like, talk about sticking it to the man. Ha <laughs> But I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. <laughs> I would like to leave now. You're you're getting into territory I cannot handle with just bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've reached my limit, you hear? <laughs> <laughs> I can take no more. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's fantastic, though. We keep talking about how we're going to talk about sex, and then we never do. I mean, at least on the podcast, we talk about it almost exclusively the rest of our lives. But well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we kind of talk about it in the podcast. Well, not. We don't talk about it. We just... Like, we've talked about making it the subject. We always kind of... like. Oh, yeah. I mean, sexuality and sex... And all the, it's so intertwined and so connected. I mean, not so much for me. I'm definitely on the like a spectrum. So like, I it, it comes up for me. <laughs> I'm just full of like ridiculous <laughs> jokes and puns. <laughs> oh my god, this is a it comes <laughs> up for me, but I don't do anything with it. If you know what I mean, <laughs> wink, wink. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> No. In great detail. <laughs> well, actually, it's about... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what is that like? Tell me when to stop. Tell me when to if, stop. <laughs> what, is, what? No, no. No, no. <laughs> no, let me start up. <laughs> A new what? girl? <laughs> what? what? No. I, you, no. Okay, let me start <laughs> up. <laughs> no, you're, you're okay. Let me start up. <laughs> oh, that show's hilarious. If I were a cucumber... <laughs> And you were a bowl. And you were a bowl. Are, Are we, we making, making a salad? salad? <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think, well, we were we were talking about, like, pickup lines. Like, what are, like, you and I were just talking about, like, pickup lines. Is that what it was? I th- No, there was an attractive human being. And we just started, like, Talking saying, about how how we what we would say when if we yeah to, yeah uh, <laughs> <approach> them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your best your best <laughs> offer was if if I'm a cucumber <laughs> and you are a bowl are we making a salad <laughs> I you know what if if an attractive person walked up to me and said that I'd be like yeah let's go let's go get coffee actually you that's that's a good one <laughs> oh wait no it was it was the other way around. If if you were a cucumber and I was a bull, uh, are we making that makes a, salad? a lot more sense? It makes a lot you. more sense. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely the bull, if you know what I'm saying. Now everybody knows my secret. <laughs> What's your position? Top, bottom, first? No, I'm a bull. <laughs> I'm crystal. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a nice fucking wooden carved smooth bowl. <laughs> one of those expensive ones. <laughs> Oh God! The that one you get the from polish. the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> the, the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, I don't even know where that came from. I don't, I've never been to a Piggly Wiggly. Anyways, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing? What? <laughs> this is what happens when we don't hang out enough in between podcasts, and then we just like start going on this 
Yeah. Rampage. This is us catching up. This is this is exactly <laughs> what we do when we hang out. Yeah. We like we go somewhere, we get food, we get, you know, some kind of beverage or coffee or something, and then we just make ridiculous sexual jokes. Ridiculous. Until we're literally crying and falling off the stool. Yeah. I think it's one of my best favorite pastimes. Honestly, it re- I mean, for reals, it really is for me as well. Like I I laugh the hardest. Um with and at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've noticed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> I apologize. Now my allergies are kind of like bothering me, so I probably will sniffle and cough oh, a lot. Oh, take a Claritin. <clears throat> I know I should have, and I honestly just forgot this morning. You know, there is some... Uh, there is some yes. really nice all-natural allergy things that I like little chewable tablets and they work really well all natural allergy tablets yeah I'm like how does that work yeah you know I don't know but I mean I don't know how regular allergy medicine works either so I'm not entirely sure what allergies are I just know I have them. I just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what's going on yeah I just know when my cat insists on getting right in my fucking face that, that my eyes burn and I can't breathe <laughs> So, or if I smell someone's cologne, I will start hacking and coughing because I am wearing a oh day no shower, (laughs) (laughs) oh day no shower. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ode of it's been a week. (laughs) It's called musty, (laughs) musty Musty. de jour. Oh, God. Okay. What are we fucking talking about? We're talking about... So you wanted to talk about specifically kind of like what toxic religion kind of like left us with specifically mm-hmm. and then how we're... How we are dealing with those yeah, like situations. Specific challenges <laughs> and effects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that may have been caused by or influenced by... Mm-hmm. Um, religious trauma. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I've got a cup. Snart? Would you like me to snart? I would, I would love... That sounds like something you do with drugs. <clears throat> we'll have to try it later. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trauma. You don't snort it, Drug. you snart, snart it. it. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Which is that? <laughs> Which is what happens, you know, right after a fart, you put the drugs up <laughs> right up to your ass and it sucks <laughs> I was about to say it's the opposite of a fart. <laughs> it's a snart. <laughs> Somebody please fire us. Please <laughs> make us leave. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Hi, Kaylee. She said, notice me. Hi, Kaylee. So we're noticing. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Oh, are you on live on Instagram? Mm-hmm. I love that you do that. That's really cool. Yeah. Aiden says hi. Where do you go live on It's Our Turn? Just on, mine. Oh, you go on your your page? Yeah. I wonder if I can go on both at the same time. No. Oh. But um, one of us could go on live on It's Our Turn, and one of us could <gasps> go live on... You can do it right now? No. Don't want to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a good idea. I'm just really nervous about it, to be perfectly honest. Oh. But I guess I could go live and set it up. I'll do that on our after our next break. We'll figure okay, it out. Okay, cool. Okay? Because um, I love that. I love us both being live at the same time. and. <clears throat> And uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. On onward. Uh, would you like to start, or would you like me to to start? Because I have an idea. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the professional live radio show. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Um, 
<laughs> Listen, I want you to be comfortable, but not that comfortable. <laughs> Please, no starting on the on mic. <laughs> oh God, okay. it's uh, gonna yes. be one of those shows. Go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and start? Snart. <laughs> <laughs> so. One of the things I've actually <clears throat> has been coming up for me lately, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> that uh, toxic religion being in that environment has left me with, you know, CPTSD mainly. And I've been learning a lot. So CP, I just kind of just like an overview of my specific experience with CPTSD. <clears throat> I, I forget how severe CPTSD is and all that it can cause. So I've been going through a lot of like testing and psych evaluations recently to try to narrow down what my symptoms are because it very much feels and looks like that, pardon me, that I um, was either on, the, either on the spectrum, you know, uh, uh, autism, mm -hmm. um, which, which both my nephews have. Um, it like, it, it would have been a very, uh, viable assumption, you know, mm -hmm. ADHD as well. I'm still trying to get uh, uh, an evaluation for that just to to see. But and like some other, like I've been, uh, there's been like uh, therapists that have been kind of thinking about a bipolar two diagnosis. There's been um, there's been a lot of mental health issues that honestly most of like CPTSD has been causing all of these symptoms. Like all of them, and it—I forget how intense and how broad CPTSD is. Um, <clears throat> some of the things I deal, you know, intrusive thoughts. Um, I very much like can't focus. Very ADHD symptoms for sure. Um, uh, memory issues, memory loss. I don't know if you knew this, but CPTSD can specifically cause memory loss, mm -hmm. and you just lose memories and and uh, outbursts of anger, like like really not not towards people so much but like just randomly like one morning I spilt my coffee which is not something I'm not an angry person I'm a I'm a, a big like big personality and I definitely get frustrated but I'm not like an angry person it's kind of like one of those last straw type of things <clears throat> yeah and I like spilt feelings. my coffee and was like what the fuck this was at my house I was furious and then had to just stop and go okay where did that come from you know, like it's just spilt coffee. It's not a big deal. It didn't ruin anything. I didn't spill it on my computer. I just spilt it, you know? And um, <clears throat> so those are some of the symptoms that kind of just you're left with when you have CPTSD. And then, and I forget how it affects every single aspect of your life and how intensely it can. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of wanted to say that in general, that, uh, that, that is like the main thing that I, that I deal with on a regular basis. But one of the more specific things that has been coming up for me is I've really been missing community. Um, <clears throat> and it's, I've been missing community because one of the things that, you know, my trauma has left me with is some serious trust issues. So trusting people is really hard. Yeah. Liking people, even like really feeling very affectionate towards people, recognizing how valuable they are in my life. I can do all those things, but like really trusting them is very difficult. Very difficult for me. It's I really kind of keep everybody at arm's length mm -hmm. intentionally because of my trauma, you know? Yeah. Kind of like um, these walls are built and 
<clears throat> well, that's the that's the thing about about trauma. A lot of times is that's the thing about trauma is that you know PTSD is we have we have it is built into our just our brains for survival. Survival is mm -hmm. built into our brains. What we have to do, and <clears throat> what PTSD just basically is is your normal survival instincts your fight or flight freeze fawn there's actually four of them i learned from this very good book called cptsd from surviving to thriving it's very good um those well the fight or flight is the is the 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 response the trigger response that that is that is there to keep you safe so when danger that's why you know the hyper focus the hyper awareness you know if you're like for me really big crowds really loud noises kind of triggers that and then i fucking notice everything every single i mean i could be staring and looking at you and talking and someone walks in the door behind me and i'll turn around and look like i just know they're here like i know things are that are, things are going on <clears throat> those are meant to protect you in danger from like you know back when humans were you know the you know back back at the beginning of time you know when we were <laughs> hunting and gathering our own food and had to be aware of i don't know like magical big beasts with wings and tusks i don't know giant sloths giant sloths exactly terrifying <laughs> <laughs> pterodactyls i don't know pterodactyls <laughs> um um so they're meant they're put there to protect you and then when you've been exposed to trauma for a long period of time, that survival instinct is triggered so often it's just broken and it's basically at a hundred all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's interesting about these walls that we build up because people always talk about, you just got to bring down your walls. You just got to bring down your walls. Well, no, because those walls were built to protect me and they're the only way that I know how to stay safe. So I need to relearn what safe means mm -hmm. and who is safe and then how to, you know, how to maybe like, okay, maybe I will put a really big door on this wall, but I'm going to keep my home is still going to remain safe. You know, so it's like you can come in through the walls. But if ever I need to, I can still go home kind of thing, you know? That's what I was about to say. I was like, just put a door on it. Just put a door on it, yeah. Like, <laughs> put I'm a not, door on it yeah. with a window so you get a little peek hole. <clears throat> yeah. And be like, hmm, okay, come on in. I don't know. You look suspicious. <laughs> I'm going to just keep this door closed. What's your name and occupation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blood type. Are you queer? Do you, mm. are you, are you, are you, <laughs> are you heterosexual? <laughs> There's enough space out there for you. This is a very small space. We don't have room. Sorry. You literally have everything else. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a space, safe space for us. Yeah, you can out go there's anywhere. There's a safe space for you. you everywhere's a safe space for everywhere's you. Everywhere's so. a safe space. <laughs> so you can come in for a quick drink and then be on your way. <laughs> you can come in so that you can come in and then you can get out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you got two minutes. Go! <laughs> Which, is, from what I understand, is all you need. <laughs> yeah. More than enough time. God, I could tell you stories. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's like... Uh, and it only took me two minutes, and the first minute and a half was me taking off the clothes. <laughs> was them taking off their clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> so 
So community is something that I have missed partly because this is a, a very unique community. It's uh, the queer community here is very young because it's a college town, which is just how college towns are, you mm-hmm. know. Every you know three to five years, it's just a complete turnover. You know, everybody. I, I I experienced that when I was running Club Triangle regularly. I would meet so many people, become really close to them, and then two to three years, two to four years, they were gone. You know, just out. And it happens very quickly. You know, graduation happens, and literally they, you know, walk off the platform, walk out to their car, and drive away, and never come back. And so, <clears throat> so there's that aspect, but there's also like me being very guarded. And not wanting to try to find other communities that I can be a part of, or be you know make connections with other people that are you know that that can provide and can be a community for me. Mm-hmm. And so recently, like I've been, <clears throat> I'm not a religious person, and I don't think that I ever will be. But one of the things I've been having a challenge with is that one of the the community the specific type of community I've been missing is really kind of found very easily in church not in religion but like in church because um there's just the 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 system is really good and that's the dangerous thing about toxic religion is that they found a system that works really well and then have you know ruined it you know so it's like why is church so why is toxic religion so popular why is it so damaging why does it affect so many people well because it's a system that works it's just been utilized by toxic religion so often and easily yeah i really um i enjoyed the community of my church um however at the same time I couldn't really be myself. I couldn't I could I couldn't fully be myself. You know, there are limits. You had to be oh, of course. you had to fit certain molds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um Yeah. And sure like and I know in the uh Pentecostal apostolic environment that mold is very tight. <laughs> it is a very small mold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very narrow. <laughs> very narrow, very specific. Mm-hmm. Um Yes. You're absolutely right, and I, that's kind of the the negative. That's the toxic negative aspect about it. You know, yeah. the system as far as like meeting regularly, having common goals, helping the community, and helping each other, right? And doing that all with like a singular focus and purpose is a beautiful system, mm-hmm. and it's a system that, at least in my experience, a lot of queer people. <clears throat> have yet to figure out and i think it's because of situations like me where that system looks so much like yeah you know like also i i feel like it could be similar to like being successful capitalism it's like the system works Mm -hmm. and it works so well that people who are awful take advantage of it and so then people who are not awful (laughs) have a hard time getting into it don't have the same opportunities or just are kind of afraid of it because because of trauma because of trauma because yes well that makes sense too because you know so many even non people or queer people who grew up um in a non-religious household Mm -hmm. um still can experience rejection from their family and abandonment and Mm -hmm. Um, from their communities, yeah. even if it's not religious. Totally. And so we have 
bless our hearts, we're just a bunch of traumatized little queers. <laughs> it's, so, it's so, that's why it gets really frustrating to me when people usually, unfortunately, it's not queer people or it's straight people or it's really, or maybe it's like particularly privileged queer people sometimes as well <clears throat> that um, are like, why are we still talking about this? Why are we still, and I think it's a little bit more obvious now because like gay marriage was almost repealed or was it repealed in some places? I don't think it was, but it was but attempted. It was it was attempted. There's you know uh, abortion rights, all of these things that directly affect queer communities. Yeah, um, uh, are being it's still there's like it's not solidified. You know, it's it, the rights we can. We're still fighting for our basic fundamental rights to exist. Yeah, to just stay alive our entire lives literally right constantly and constantly so it, that's why it gets really frustrating like well it makes it difficult to thrive when you're constantly fighting for survival you can't exactly. I, you just can't you cannot thrive when you're constantly fighting for survival and, it's, and that is why we denounce this whole straight pride thing whatever the fuck that is i you know it's like come uh, on Come on. <laughs> yeah. I just can't you know, I wanna I wanna I wanna like tread carefully because I don't want to fall into the or I don't want to be misunderstood or fall into the trope of like all queer people hate straight people. That's not what we're saying. No. Not, not at all. <clears throat> because the people, you know, um the cis het people who are actually allies are not, you know, are also not supporting straight pride. That's not the yeah. point. Also, when you're doing something and I, I know this from I experience this from religion. When you're doing something in opposition yeah. of something else, your like your 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 motives are not usually correct. Yeah. So when you and religion would do that a lot. Oh well, the you know these sinners are doing this. Well, we're going to copy it and make it Jesus. Your motives are not are not sincere when you're doing it in opposition to something that's already happened. Yeah. Or in, you know, like, does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's kind of like standing outside of a, um, like a pride event, telling everybody they're going to hell with signs and yeah. shouting at them and being hateful towards them. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, you're not helping. No. <laughs> you're not you're not accomplishing your <clears throat> cause and you're also not hindering ours. You're actually just not doing anything. Yeah. Except making people uncomfortable and feel unsafe and triggering them. You're not no one's no one is going to see Here's the thing. Nobody's running to the altar while you're doing that. No one's coming <laughs> to pride and seeing your protests and going, "You know what? You're right. I do want to go follow you." Mm -mm. No. No one's doing that. You're scaring that you may scare them away from pride. You may you may tra traumatize, trigger them, and then may not, and then they can't participate. But they're not fucking getting straight and coming <laughs> to church with you the next day. Yeah. Also, what exactly are you trying to accomplish? You like, like, look in the read the fucking Bible. Who did Jesus protest? When Jesus protested? Yeah. Who Who, who was it? Yeah. It was you. It, it, was, it was the church. Pharisees. It was the, the <laughs> religious leaders. Yeah. When Always. Jesus went. Every time. Every time. Without fail. When Jesus was talking to 
like other people who were not following him or who were deemed quote unquote sinners by the religion. He was graceful, mm-hmm. kind, understanding, never even promoted an agenda, you know? Right. Like he stood in front of the woman getting ready to be stoned. Exactly. That's what that's the story I was thinking of. And also, disclaimer, I'm very much view the Bible and these stories as like like mother goose fairy tales you know they're mm-hmm. like they're there they have a purpose to maybe promote an a, a, like right. a, a, a promote like a like moral like yeah things but, but they're not like i don't they, but i mean all really these happened. people believe all this is like absolutely exactly. true so, coming so from that perspective we're so you know <laughs> let me so you believe that the book of um that matthew luke and john mm-hmm. were all absolute true as well Let's let's. How did Jesus treat people like? Let's us? read it yeah, again. Exactly. Then read it. Really read it. Yeah. I think you're missing something. <laughs> well, you're missing basically the entire fucking thing. <laughs> God, I don't. It just. It's. I feel like it's like if I published a bunch of works, a bunch of books based on a topic that I knew very little of, then went to school. <clears throat> speaking Old Testament versus New Testament, then went to school, got an excellent education, and then published new works based on my personal experience with this topic. And then everybody went, well, your old books say, well, no shit, my old books say that. I wasn't educated at that time. And that's how I, or I wasn't, like, that's how I feel about the old, like, you're going off of the Old Testament when you have these four books of exactly how Jesus behaved and you're like, well, but in the Old Testament, but he was here. <laughs> right. But, he, but this is what he did. Yeah. Like, this is. Well, and it's was, like, and it's like, wouldn't you argue, and I'm talking to those certain people, wouldn't you argue that the whole Old Testament literally goes to one point and that's Jesus? Yeah. So now we have the four books of Jesus right here. So. What's wrong with this? Right yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're all, you're Solomon Gomorrah, Hellfire. First, first of all, they don't even understand. They don't even understand that. Like, they don't even understand what they think they understand, which is so frustrating. <laughs> they don't you know even what understand I'm saying? They what they think they understand. Yeah. Like, you're, 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 you're not even, uh, like, it's just, I just really, I really don't like, across the board and you know queer people are guilty of this as well taking really firm stances on subjects you have not researched or do not understand Mm -hmm. the things i take firm stances are on is the education i have of hair (laughs) some of the experience i have of makeup and my personal fucking experiences and that's it because I'm educated in hair, I have been educated in makeup, and I've lived my life. Those are the things I can take firm stances on. I don't appreciate when people take firm stances on a subject they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, people. <laughs> don't do that. I'm taking a firm stance on my hatred of people taking firm stances. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the turntables. <laughs> Oh, God. But, um, yeah. 
I mean, it's, you know, and it causes um, kind of like, uh, you know, one of the challenges or effects that comes from all of this fear mongering and stuff, um, especially for queer people, is uh, we, you know, we have to live after after we finally have the courage or, or um empathy to or like self-empathy to like really understand how that we're queer and it's not going away it's no. not going to be prayed away and we just have to come to that conclusion like we have to love ourselves it's either that or live in agony mm-hmm. you know it's like um with this idea that i could possibly go to hell right now anytime any day and it's like constantly in your mind and you're trying to get you're trying to like get yourself straight or whatever, whatever. the fuck yeah. and it's like it doesn't work. No. It doesn't work. No. And um, at the end of the day, you just have to, you know, we all had to come to this conclusion, I guess. But we're still left with this fear. Or, um, and I might not be speaking for everybody, but we're, I personally am still left with this, like, this fear-mongering because I've been, I, you know, you live so many years of your life starting from yeah. a toddler. Um that you're going to hell. You're mm-hmm. going to hell. You're going to hell. You're mm-hmm. going to hell because in your mind you know that you're not hetero. You know. Yeah. And then once you get to that point of like, okay, I love myself and I'm just going to be myself. I still have that fear in the back of my mind. I have those voices of all these people in my life, loved ones even, you know, mm-hmm. or family. The people you trusted, the, the people, people that, I, yeah, you know, that the they taught I, you how to walk, they taught you how to talk, they taught you yeah. how to like what the fire burns and and how to keep yourself safe, and also you're going to hell. Yeah, so it's like it's grouped right in with all those other dependable, necessary life lessons you have to learn, right? You know, and so yeah, so then there's that like I'm you're constantly having or I'm constantly having to face that fear. You know, and it's it's like exhausting. It is exhausting, but yeah. it has to be done. I have to face. It. If I don't face it, it'll it'll consume me. It will consume you, and it may not make you want to like go back in the closet, but you won't be able exactly. to live your life to the fullest. Yeah. and that's something that and that's I, what I mean. I would not go back. In, I'm too late for that. Too late. I'm yeah. not going yeah. back in any closet. <clears throat> no, I don't think you'd fit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like you, you'd, you'd have arms and legs hanging out. You, you know, the closet would go in me. Yeah, <laughs> easily. In fact, easily. <laughs> like a pickle through a barn door. <laughs> like throwing a pickle through a barn like door. Like a big old snart. <laughs> We're disgusting. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> this is not a family radio show. <laughs> no, please take your kids away. Far, 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 <laughs> far away. Far away. What did Lady Gaga say one time during her uh, concert? She was like, if you brought your kids, that's on you. That's or on something you. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. As she was like, she's like showing wild. her sheer like dress, just whole ass out in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, <she's> Love like... <laughs> it. God. Why <laughs> would you amazing. bring your kids here? Why would, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, go like along with that, I would like to kind of like circle back to community because finding a community is one of the ways that you kind of heal from that. Yes, it, it, it is one of the ways that you you know you you connect with someone who's further along in the journey 
in your journey, kind of, or similar journey than you are. Exactly. And you learn from them. And it's extraordinarily difficult for the healing process to really take effect when you are alone. Or when you're, when you're like, don't have yeah. people around you that you trust and people around you that can lift you up and encourage you. Yeah. It's so important. It's, I wouldn't even say it's important. I would say it's necessary. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's not something you really can and definitely shouldn't do on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'm learning even more because I very much am, uh, like, I can do everything by myself. And I can't do everything by myself. And uh, so... I feel like, uh, honestly, my, my belief is that human beings are, like, are one of our... Uh, like within our DNA is community. Yes. It's like yes. social interaction, people. Other, you know, you can't survive without mm-hmm. somebody helping you or you helping yep. them, being one. So it's extremely important to yes. have trust, you know, people you trust around. You. So that's okay. This kind of like really ties into what I was talking about again, also is the community aspect because, you know, when I say a cult, like, what's the first kind of, like, image that's conjured in your brain? In my Like, because I know in my brain it's, like, like, lit- like property with houses on it and everyone lives together. Ex- yeah. You know? Like, and, and there's that one, there's that one, like, usually cis, white, straight man who's controlling literally everyone, you know? And they're all... Oh, sounds like church. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> uh, and so that's what I think of. But that's, the, that's exactly the... the the point that I was making when I say that religion takes a system that works and like, and then uses it to manipulate and control people. Um, I think that's how we are supposed to exist. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to exist in communities like that. I like my, some friends of mine have talked about and we, we quote unquote joke about it, but we would all do it if we could all of us like finding a piece of property, buying a tiny home and then living on that, in that, and then just supporting each other. Like I do all the haircuts and this person would do all the gardening and this person would run their coffee shop on the <clears throat> the edge of the property so that, and we'd all like, you know, put money together and support things and support each other and live to, and have that really, you know, you can stop by your friend's house and have dinner with them and have, you know, celebrate their birthday and then go home to your home next door, you know? So like you've got yeah. your, per- like, that's how we are kind of supposed to live. I really do believe that. That's why I'm such I agree. A- I'm such an advocate and um, and promote. I, I think that uh, poly polyamorous relationships are kind of like a more modern, uh, uh, attainable, um, uh, like uh, version of that. And because I really do think that, like, we're not meant to um, to live on our own and do everything on our own. We're just not meant to. And uh, I think that, but it's it's really hard to get to that point because we are also traumatized and we all do have such severe trust issues for good reason that it's really hard to like, for me, I have had to pull away from so many people and so many things to keep myself safe that like making those, um, compromises to live in community even just have a roommate is very difficult for me now. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm seeing the effects of it. You know, I'm yeah. recognizing the the drawbacks of doing everything on my own, you know. Right. I definitely have an issue with uh which I've I've gotten a lot better with it actually. Um but 
being able to communicate my feelings. Um, I'm still not good at it whatsoever. Sure. I mean, who is, <laughs> honestly? But, you know, when you grow up in a in a toxic environment um, where emotions are not okay, um, and plus you're, I mean, you're literally living in a closet yeah. within your, your own, your own personality is just, your real side of you is just in, trapped somewhere, can't yeah. be expressed, yeah. you know? Yes, and so absolutely. it creates this like issue of, or, you know, causes this effect of not really understanding or knowing how to communicate, um, even with people who love you and you, you know, you have a good relationship with, you know, I'm like when I'm feeling down or whatever or something's on my mind, somebody can tell, you no, know, because I wear my emotions on my sleeve, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, "Hey, any, you okay? Do you want to talk about anything?" No, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you do that. I've seen you straight up like wolf face lie to me. Yeah, you know, like I'm like I know you're something's going on, but yeah, you don't want to tell me, and that's fine. Of course, it's your emotions and your. You know, it's your choice when you do and do not mm-hmm. want to talk about it. But I've recognized that in you, and I'm sure you've recognized it in me, where you just like, there's something going on. But we just, it's, it's, it's like a combination of the trauma where you don't want to risk that safety, but also you don't know how. Yeah. You never were taught how to do that, you know? Yeah. There's also that, there is that like, that fear of almost rejection or, or that you're going to say, well, how you're actually feeling about something. And then that person is going to basically belittle you or something, or, you know. Yes, um, absolutely. So then there's that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a big, that's a big one of mine because my dad, my dad was like that um, mm-hmm. very much like I never opened up to him because every time I did, he just fucking ridiculed me that's fucking ridiculous. We never said that because he didn't cuss. That's ridiculous. You're just being a baby. Mm -hmm. You know, like those kinds of things. So you just learn at a very young age to just not talk about it. Right. Because it's not worth, you know, being vulnerable and then having that fucking trampled on violently every single time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. It does. It makes it, again... You know, fast forwarding to now, it's like I don't know how to really accept community in my life. You know, right? I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to take those steps without it being toxic. You know, so it's it's kind of, it's a little bit, it's kind of difficult. You know, it's definitely a challenge I'm, I'm facing right now and trying to navigate and search for that community that I really want. Without the toxicity, you know. We should start a group of people who are afraid of being in a group of people. Of people. <laughs> yeah. It's a support group for people who hate support groups. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it'll, it'll just be really awkward at first. <laughs> well, it'll just be really awkward always. Oh, and yeah, then we absolutely. might get to a point where we, we can maybe. exist in that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll learn so much. Oh, yeah, my God. absolutely. Honestly, yeah. I mean, that would be. I really do think that that is. So I recently started, a, um, and you can listen to on our podcast if you like to listen to. It's our turn, queers and cults on Spotify, Podbean, 
Google and Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Podbean, Google, and Apple. <laughs> Just in case you didn't hear that, you can listen. I was talking to Instagram Live, sorry. I assumed when you looked at the, Yes, I assumed. <laughs> uh, when you went. People, uh, people listening on the radio are like, yeah. Yeah, I heard, heard. you. <laughs> <laughs> but I talk about my coming out story, which includes my HIV diagnosis. And and uh, I recently paired up with a friend of mine and we started an HIV. We don't it, it's not a support group. We don't like calling it a support group. It's we call it a life group. It's just a place where you can share stories about your life, what you're going through. We check in. We talk about I mean, we talk about movies. We, that have representation. We talk anything and everything. That's awesome. And I never, I hate support groups. I hate them. I hate the structure of support groups. I hate being forced to talk about things. I, I do have a lot of social anxiety and I never thought that I would be part of something like this. But I needed, I needed this and that didn't exist. So I had, so we started it, you know, and it's been successful and I really enjoy it. I really enjoy, I look forward to it every month and, um, and it's something that I benefited immensely from and never thought that that would be something that I would, because I do, I hate support groups. I don't, I just don't like them. You know, I don't, it just, the, the structure of them usually, um, the, 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 um, the energy, the vibe is just usually not something I enjoy. They do often remind me of church. You know? That's what I was about to say. It sounds like Bible study Bible or Bible studies, yes. Or and there were support groups in church sometimes. Like prayer groups was often what they for us is what they were called. And it we was just... had uh, in this in the Baptist church I grew up in. I believe there was um, there was a support group for uh, people who watch pornography or something. Oh God! So it was all like a bunch of dads getting together and <laughs> praying over each other and reading the Bible and don't watch porn tonight. Okay. okay. And then they would all and then, go yeah. and watch porn. Yeah. Because yeah. all they did was talk, think about porn the whole time they and were then, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all you talked about. Exactly. <laughs> well, I saw this one video last yeah. time. Uh, let me oh, tell you. what's the address of that one? So I can make sure and block it on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were never that specific. It was always just like men's prayer group or like women's prayer group. Or mm-hmm. There was never like prayer groups for specific things we didn't talk about our struggles we didn't we didn't like we didn't do that we just pretended like like our church very much pretended like things just didn't exist and uh most most yeah yeah and they just we just kind of pretend like it didn't exist and just it was more about like what to do mm-hmm. as opposed to some doing something specific about a topic you know? and then you have the other extreme of Let's do a sozo and get you in a little room and go what? ahead and cry about your issues. Go ahead and just let it all out. Basically have a full-on panic attack while we pray over you. That's miserable. And then you leave being exhausted and no- nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. You're tired and you feel icky. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else who prayed over you walked walked out of there being like... Yeah, I'm fucking. I'm a badass because I know I. They something definitely happened. It was also self-serving. It was using yes. your trauma and your issues to make them feel better about themselves. Oh, I was I was one of the worst Christians of that self-serving kind of thing. I was one of the worst. Oh, I, I mean, would I like too. I would go up to people and pray over them and 
feel like I'm just a boss ass little prophet mm-hmm. bitch. The problem was is that most of the time I did that when I said something I was right. So that was like like probably because I'm a witch or something. But I was usually right and that so that was you're even just more like, just like You're like, yeah. Yeah, this is what you're going through, right? Mm, I knew. Okay. God speaks to me or yeah, whatever. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And it was just like probably the universe being like, oh my God, that's not what I was saying. And your ego is just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were talking about your issues, not theirs. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, fucking pull your head out of your ass and listen <laughs> to what I'm actually saying. Ad, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> take, a, take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of take a deep breath, let's take a break. Yes, let's take a break. What if I never love again, Tony? That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) Stop being so dramatic. (laughs) Well, you know what I do love? I do love the shows that are happening on Saturday before (gasps) and after ours. Do Do tell. Do you? Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, I like how I'm putting this right in front of my head. I mean, no one's watching, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, Every Saturday, start your weekend off right with an hour. It's actually two hours of serious fun with Club Triangle producer Tucker Noir. Mother Tucker is sending you a care package of special guests, live performances, mental health tools, music, local resources, and a healthy dose of utter nonsense. Hang out with everybody's queer mom every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon. Not 11 a.m. 10 a.m. to noon. Directly after that, directly after that, is Dykes on Mics. Every Saturday at noon, join DJ Anya and Tucker Noir for a genre-fluid hour of queer wave fun. That's every Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. I did both of those shows this morning. Yay, we love queer fun. We love queer fun. We love it in all its implications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's not fun to me, so... <laughs> I don't understand. I was talking about iced coffee. Yeah. And Britney Spears choreography. And yeah, Toxic. Toxic. The song. The song, Britney Spears. (laughs) 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 Toxic drama. Um, You know that I had, I had, I had an idea. You had an idea? Just one. Um, (laughs) 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 I, you know that song. Mark this day on your calendar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> give me a give me a platform to speak from <laughs> uh, you know that song you uh don't lose don't lose sight don't lose sight is that what it's don't called don't lose sight yeah don't lose sight fucking baby. love it such a good song i've always wanted so i've always wanted to recreate church things in drag oh my god so yes. how awesome would it fucking be to do to that have like a bunch of drag like for a show when we have like all of the drag performers on stage singing that song and then my drag character Donna Come Knockin' being the choir leader. So she's standing in front of the stage, like, you know, doing the like, oh, you know, just doing and the talking and the like <laughs> yeah. and then at one point I just imagined that she would like do the whole like oh, you know, like the, <laughs> like the Jesus that you know, like the the yeah, just <laughs> You know, maybe a little bit of spinning, a little bit of hair shaking. <laughs> we having to readjust our wig, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just think that would be so fun. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That would be, I would love that. Yeah, that would just be, I would have a hanky, waving the hanky. Just like, have a fade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or one of the church members standing <laughs> yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> I want... <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> the holy jive. Yeah, I, you would have to be the other person that also does the like, the like. <laughs> that would be so. I think that would be so fucking hilarious. Or the holy dips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting slain in the spirit. Just, <gasps> just fall down. <laughs> yes. That's what. <laughs> little did we know, all of our church members were doing death drops our whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, <laughs> though. That would be fun. And I feel like the energy would be so good, we'd basically be doing the same thing. <laughs> Yes, honestly, like the energy is the same. It's just where you're putting it and how you're using it and how you're feeling it. I mean, the energy is coming from the same place, I feel like. This is kind of like my, like the energy is the same. It's just how we are like connecting to it. You know, I really do think that we could connect to that same energy during a drag show as they do in church. You know, we're just like, but we would just be connecting to our energy, mm-hmm. you know, the energy that exists and, and, you know, like feeding our emotions and um, experiencing our, you know, joy and releasing those happy chemicals, you know, that like getting energetic does, you know? Yeah, it's. I think it's a great, I think it would be really fun. That would be fun. I think it would be really funny and really fun. Oh my God. And the venue that we're going to be performing the drag show on on December 9th, like has a piano. So we, so someone could be sitting at the piano like they're playing, cause you know, and and singing and I, the whole like we'd have the whole thing. I just think oh it'd be God. so great, you know. <laughs> yeah. We even have like like church robes or something <laughs> that, <laughs> that we take off, you know. <laughs> oh my God! Somebody, <laughs> somebody has to be wearing a skirt that when they fall down, the skirt comes up, and then we have to have the modesty blanket. Did oh you my have God. modesty blankets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had like we had like folded up. Like material that um, uh, sitting on the front pews of our church, that when someone was slain in the spirit or like fell down from dancing in the spirit, that like another lady in the church would gra- grab a modesty blanket and go lay it over their legs because their yeah, cause skirt become of the knees. Yeah, it wasn't like they were fucking like pulling a Marilyn Monroe or like you know sh- showing off their well their jeans their hoo ha to so everybody. They, they were, were jean skirts usually, weren't they? In the, or... Oh, not in church. You didn't wear jean skirts to church. Those were casual. Those were basically oh. sweatpants for Christian women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jean skirts. Um, uh, yeah, so it was, it was yes. so funny. That would just be, I would be so niche, though, that it would be like you, me, and then and Tucker, Noel, would, like, Tucker Noir would be the three people that would be like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. I don't know if anybody else would get it, but the three of us would just be I fucking like, dying. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people would get it. Especially with Donna <laughs> being the, the choir leader. <sighs> so good. So good. Yes. I like okay, that. Well, this is going to happen at our next show then. So if you want to okay. be part of our queer choir, our queer drag choir, please let me know. Sign up. Message me on Fuchsia Ray. I will say, though, the I'm very excited. Getting more excited to get um, uh, back involved with... Hi. Hi. Um, back involved with the drag community. I've had people that like there's, there's a lot of really cool drag performers. There's young drag performers that are like messaging me wanting to be involved in the shows. And like this, like this show's already full and I'm already like booking people for the next show that we haven't even scheduled yet. So yeah, it is. It's, I'm very excited about that. So speaking of community, 
this is this is really cool. I've connected with a lot of people. We've already got like a photographer, a videographer, you know, like um, people from my work. I don't know if people from my work actually. People from my old job though are coming. People from um, the clinic that I go to. <laughs> people yeah. like like my nurse is gonna come. <laughs> like yeah, like it's it's That's it's awesome. yeah, totally. And in the future, we want to start working in like. Um, uh, like education opportunities too. So having like pamphlets there, having like, we are going to have um, uh, someone who owns like a uh, uh, business. It's Peaches and Pearls. She has like a, um, like bath bombs and then, and she sells sex toys and she does education. So she's going to be there educating as well. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's going to do a presentation on stage of different sex toys and how to use them and all that. So anyways, mm-hmm. I just took a long time plugging my show, but Plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> plug it, please plug it in. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, that, that's yeah. Anyway, speaking of community, that's, I'm really excited about the community that I'm reconnecting with through the mm-hmm. show. was very nervous about it. I was very nervous about it because it's just uh, drag, drag and the drag community is what kind of got me through <clears throat> when I first came out. And then there's, it's just been a long time since mm-hmm. I've been involved in it. And it is a very special community to me. So, yes, it's I am. I am excited about that. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well, what about what about you, my friend? Do you have anything like specific that you want to talk about um, for your uh, whatever our topic is? I completely lost my train of thought, by the way. Um, <laughs> challenges and effects. <laughs> challenges <laughs> and effects. The challenge, the, what cool. we've been left, what toxic religion left us with. Thank you. A big pile of shit. A big pile of shit. I love it. T-R-A-U-M-A. What is that? Oh, that's the Dolly Parton. Was it the Dolly Parton? No. Someone else. The D-I-V-O-R-C-E song. That's not Dolly Parton. That's someone else. It doesn't matter. What? I don't anyway. know. Doesn't yeah, matter. Was... Sorry. It's bad. Okay. I'll just say it was. It was like my jokes earlier. Bad. Um, yeah, let's talk about. Actually, want to discuss addiction because that's just something I've. Ooh, really... that's a big. Um, Tammy Wynette, by the way, was the one that sang D I V O R C E. I don't know who that is. She's not Dolly, so it's fine. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> she's not Cher or anything. No, she's a country music artist. And uh, anyways, addiction. That's a good one. That's a big. That's a big, big, big big topic that's a big a big thing mm-hmm. um it <clears throat> it's really common with people in trauma because yes. uh, we're just trying to survive and manage our feelings mm-hmm. and uh, make them go away sometimes and substances are a very easy and effective way of doing that right exactly and uh for me i would say one of the biggest things is alcohol can you get closer to the mic? Sorry. Yeah. Hello. That's so much Test better. Test one, two, three. Thanks. I can barely hear you. I can barely hear your beautiful, soothing voice. <coughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was sarcasm, but <laughs> I do want to hear you. So. <laughs> yeah. Let me just get a little closer. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> it really clears up the nasal. <laughs> I wonder how long this is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, the nanny. The nanny was peak peak comedy. So good. Peak everything. Yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, for me, alcoholism definitely runs in the family for me. Um, and it's just 
been more difficult. It's it's really difficult to handle an um an active addiction uh when you have trauma <laughs> or yes or you know PTSD or stuff like that. It's it's more difficult to um yeah. I don't have a I don't have a gauge. My brain doesn't have a gauge, so I don't know when to stop. And then I just once I start drinking, I'm like, well, if I'm not blacked out by seven o'clock, <laughs> what have so I accomplished today? Real. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I just realized? Sorry not to interrupt you. I could invite you to. We could be on the same stream. I could invite you to this stream. The what? I could invite you to the to the. It's our turn to the live. Can you really? Yeah. We can do that. That's the thing that we can do. I'm going to try to do it right now. Do it. Uh, uh, anyways, keep talking. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I... I just invited you. You did? I did. Um, nothing popped up. Well, probably because you're live. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're probably inviting me to view. Oh, no. I'm inviting you to be a part of it. So you would it would be on both of our channels. So should I exit out? We probably here? shouldn't figure this out. Okay, on yeah, air, right. We'll do this. But you could. You, we'll do yeah. this during the break. Okay, during. We'll a figure break. out during yeah. the break, yeah. which will be at the end of our show. Yeah, this is fine. Anyways. We're very professional here. <laughs> <laughs> I did send you an invite, so. Okay, hi Anna. Um, so yeah, uh, for me, alcoholism, um, <clears throat> and, uh, I'm on a track. To sobriety, three days sober. <laughs> Congratulations, that's a very big. Yeah, thank you. Applause, applause. That's, I'm that's trying a to... huge accomplishment. Honestly, I haven't. I can't tell you the last time I went 48 hours without a drink. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. Uh, uh, I'm just saying this for you, for the benefit of you, as, uh, as anybody listening. <clears throat> I do know a person, a queer person who runs AA. So if anybody needs resources in that capacity, oh okay. Um, uh. Feel free to message us. It's our turn pod on Instagram. And I would love to, uh, I could get those resources for you and send them to you. So. Mm, okay. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's extremely easy to, um, look for different vices to deal with your emotional trauma or your, yeah. or your issues, uh, as you know, your feelings or your PTSD and all that stuff. Um, rather than, um, you know, seek out community or people who will be able to support you and encourage you through mm -hmm. those times. Um, it's just so much easier to, for me, to go to the bottle. <laughs> numb them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it's it's very valid. Yeah. And also with the way our medical system is set up, um, getting mental health, um, getting like mental health medication, getting mental health like just getting you know therapy um anything anything that that oh, will help your mental state it's is very difficult extraordinarily difficult <clears throat> and mm. so what else are you supposed to do yeah. you know like i don't know if people if you don't have ptsd it's probably a difficult thing for you to understand how severe every single moment of life is mm -hmm. and how challenging it is um and how exhausting it is and sometimes you just you can't you will lose your mind if you don't somehow make that, 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 you know, miserable state, you know, kind of, you know, relieve that a little bit. 
Yes. And if you don't have uh, assistance, medical, you know, if you're not don't have access to medical care, it'll be really, it, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, when you, when you, like the, uh, for, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for myself when I talk about this, my experience with alcoholism. Um, but I just, you know, being hungover, first of all, not good for your anxiety <laughs> no. or your <laughs> mental health. No. Um, being drunk isn't good for your depression or your, um, I mean, you do things like I would just do stupid fucking things. You do something I, stupid? I yeah. Stupid. <laughs> and sometimes I wouldn't remember until somebody tells me, and I'm like, excuse me, don't tell yeah. me things. What Tanya does <laughs> when she takes over is her business, <laughs> not mine. Uh, what does that mean? Like, oh, look, it's the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> 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 yep. But, um, yeah, so um, I feel like uh, there's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of people in the queer community who struggle with addiction due to their trauma, whether it be from from religious trauma, uh, whether it be from religious trauma or from just trauma in general uh, in their lives. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a pretty big problem in the community. Yes, it is. It's a very big. It's a very big issue. Um, and there's and. Um, yeah. And it, and also it makes sense too when you have that, how we were talking about the community thing, um, where it's kind of a struggle to have community for us because of the trauma and stuff and mm -hmm. the walls built and whatnot. And therefore it makes it more difficult to, um, to ha get support and encouragement, um, while you have an addiction or going through, um, or be just being an addict in general, you know? Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it's like one of those catch 22s where it's like, you know, yeah, I get, I get somebody bites me in the penis and I get, I bite them back. I don't have any idea what that analogy meant. <laughs> Except whatever the fuck you do on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. Out behind the, out behind the Seven Eleven, you know. Yeah. Woo. Um, <laughs> the Village Pantry. <laughs> <laughs> it gets hot and heavy. <laughs> I'm sure you're not speaking from experience, of course. Oh no. No, of course. <laughs> it's Tanya. Tanya's. Tanya's Tanya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what she does is her business. <laughs> It is a really big challenge, though. It is like, a, and again, I don't want to like. I'm not saying that like I we are not like, like uh, all drugs are bad, all alcohol is bad, nothing. You know, like you do you, whatever you do in moderation, mm -hmm. whatever like that's whatever you do. We're talking more about addiction that's <sighs> and, causing yeah issues in your life and that can be in a lot that you can be addicted to food you can be addicted to spending money you can be addicted yeah. to a lot of things it's Ex not just exactly. one thing or the other yeah. anything that you're doing to try to counteract or compensate or you know fill that void and that's having a negative impact that's having on a negative life. impact on you is just a, a challenge and drugs and alcohol t tend to be the most common because mm -hmm. they're the most effective 
you know, right. I feel like at like really, cause I, I've talked about it where it's really frustrating that the only time I don't have severe anxiety and feel a little bit more liberated to actually be closer to being authentic is when I'm a little drunk because, you know, those, that inhibitions, the inhibitions are lower, the anxiety is, is you know, satiated, eased for a little bit. Mm -hmm. right. And I just have that moment of like, this is, this is how I feel. This is actually who I am, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like, honey, drinking is not bad. What's bad? I, it's bad for me because yes. I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not for anybody who drinks, obviously have your, have your mimosa baby. <laughs> I encourage you to have one. Yeah. They're delicious and wonderful. But after I've had 12, uh, <laughs> Tanya is a complete Ta asshole. Tanya's, <laughs> Tanya's a wreck. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It's just, it's just, it's that train. It's that kind of like, uh, not train. Um, I was gonna say it's a train wreck, but that's true. But it's like that spiral down, you yeah. know, of the drinking, and then, and then it's also for me, it was like I would spend too much money, and then oh the next day God. I'd be hungover and yeah, forty, and fifty, sixty dollars <laughs> less in my bank account, which I didn't have to spend, um, and then I would just be hungover and stressed out, completely stressed out about everything, feeling dumb about how I behaved. You know, I was I never made good choices either when I was when I would get drunk and I would put myself or other people in dangerous situations, and then I would <clears throat> feel bad about that, feel guilty about you know how I behaved, feel guilty about feel shameful about how how I behave, feel guilty about spending the money. It was just a it was just a clusterfuck and not in a good way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I really wish, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I wish. I could be one of those people who just have one drink and be like, I feel good. I'm mm -hmm. done. And maybe you will, you know, like maybe you will hope that would be great. But the pro, but, but me, not now, but me wanting that so bad is probably part of the problem. It's kind of like a, <laughs> it's kind of like a, yeah, it's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. I mean, w desiring moderation in something that you have a, have, have a challenge being. I guess, yeah. That's not, that's not the issue, but I, but I'm lying. I just want to drink really <laughs> bad right now. Well, <laughs> and I think the important thing, well, at least for me, was when I would have that, like, God, I just want to drink or I just need a drink. It was like, well, what am I actually trying to accomplish? Yeah. I'm trying to, oh, I actually, what I want to do is calm my nerves. I want to mm. calm my anxiety. What is? What am I actually trying to accomplish with this? Okay, cool. Like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Is there a different way I can do it? You know, there was somebody who once said, a very wise individual said, um, you can't have negative intentions and expect positive results. That person must have been a genius. A genius. Absolute fucking, and probably very attractive. I can feel it in <laughs> what was said. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't figured out, I was the one who said that. <laughs> If you, ever, if you don't catch that flag. <laughs> but, I mean, it's true. You can't have negative intentions and expect positive results, you know? Right. And, there, yeah. In fact, you know, there there are people who um, actually know people who have grown up with, like, an addiction to alcohol or cigarettes or whatever the fuck. And then they got to a point where they can actually just enjoy one. 
you yes. know, mm-hmm. they're having a good time. They're with some friends, and they're just like, I can have a beer, or I can have a smoke, and it won't, but then won't, you know, get to a Well, and I point. think, well, I think, you know, the difference of that is, for those people, um, <clears throat> the difference of that is, is that whatever they were trying to fix or help or compensate for, they found out a way to do that. Mm, yeah. And then, then that that vice didn't stop becoming a vice, it stopped becoming a crutch, it stopped becoming something that they right. needed, you know. Kind of like they have a hel- they have a healthier alternative now. They don't you know, need that. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't drink excessively anymore. Um and that is probably something I will for the rest of my life will be a thing for personal reasons for physical health reasons for mental health reasons right <clears throat> but back when i would drink excessively i there was a direct correlation to like when i got on mental health meds and whether or not my mental health meds were working to how much i was drinking mm-hmm. when my mental health meds would start work start working and or when i did find community or friends and had that support those two things combined i would find i just didn't need alcohol to get what i wanted you know to yeah. to um to feel what I wanted. And so if you, and that's, I feel like that's the sad thing about it is that a lot of people, queer people who are, they are just wanting validation, acceptance, you know, to to ease their, their trauma. Mm -hmm. And there's just not enough accessibility, you know, to medical resources, um, therapy, research, you know, all of those things. Right. Plus, you know, a lot of a lot of the people who, a lot of uh, queer people have people who they, you know, trusted or had somebody they could go to before coming out. Yes. And then afterwards, had no longer have that um, relationship, or that yep. you know, that they may still have a relationship with that person, but it's different now, and they yep. can't communicate with them anymore. So, which sucks. It does. <clears throat> and I think sometimes, you know, the holidays are really just kind of like a good example of this because it just kind of shines a real big spotlight on a lot of those specific things, familial relationships, romantic relationships. Um, <clears throat> which, side note, did you hear about Candace, whatever the fuck her name is, starting her own network and not having, and because she's like the queen of Christmas, she does all the Hallmark movies. And she, um, her whole network, there's not going to be any gay people in her entire network. No queers at all. No gays at all. Who's Candid? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she's and just literally is, like one of those like. And people. why is she a horrible person? She's religious. Oh. Surprise, surprise. But yeah, she's gonna have like a fam, like, and she's thinking that's like family family values. I saw this hilarious TikTok of this this person. She's a lesbian. She she does such great TikToks, and she made a TikTok. It the the caption was Candace getting her makeup done when she fires all the gays. <laughs> it was she's like. Hi, ma'am. My name is Margie Smith, <laughs> and I'll be doing your makeup today. And 
just, I'm not going to use any eyeliner because I don't want you to look like a whore. Which <laughs> is all this. You need her in five minutes. I need at least another hour. <laughs> yeah. So it was just so funny. But like that, that makes sense. Like, like there's, I feel like the majority of Hollywood and uh, the majority of beauty um, artists, like dress, clothing, makeup. You hair. would not survive without us. You get rid of the, the queer people. Well, you're gonna look, you're gonna look like you crawled out of a gutter into this show and just wore the newspapers that stuck to your body. <laughs> like good luck. You're gonna look. Your outsides are gonna really start looking like your insides, Candace. <laughs> Jeez. That's... Yeah. What's fucking wrong with people? People don't understand. People just don't understand. No. What the queers are doing. What the, what weight we're holding on our shoulders. Yeah. The world. The world. The entire world. The, and entire the fashion world. industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, there's a it, there's a really big focus on like chosen family, and there's a really big focus on like, you know, you can spend you know holidays with your chosen family and find a chosen family, and 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 but. Sometimes we forget the severe loss it is to have grown up with people that you love and that you know dearly and that you um, really have deep connections with. And fundamentally, we are taught to want our parents' approval and validation, you know? Yeah. And we just kind of naturally really want that. And I think sometimes we forget to realize what a severe loss it is to have that just taken away sometimes overnight and sometimes without any preparation like I like you know I've said before I didn't get to come out to anyone I was outed multiple times and uh that you know so you just have that whole that whole everything every relationship you've ever cultivated for however long you have is just gone just gone Mm-hmm. And that's a huge loss that you have to mourn and not something you mm-hmm. can really with no tools on how to handle that kind of grief, you yeah. know? I mean, think about it. Like you ha- say you and your friend have a breakup, right? You're, you're just, you and your best friend break up. Um, and you, you, you mourn that loss, you grieve that loss and it takes a good bit of time Imagine having multiple people in your life within, like, a very short amount of time, you know, that that relationship is severed. Yeah. And you have to, like, survive Start all over. Yeah. You have, to, you have to recultivate relationships that you've spent years. You have to recultivate relationships that normally people would have after years of cultivating them mm-hmm. on top of dealing with the trauma, on top of coming out, on top of, you know, like stepping into this new identity. Because um, it really is a new identity, even though, like, you have been queer your whole life. You haven't been out. And being out and queer is a very different thing. Mm-hmm. And you navigate society differently. And you're focused on, like... You know, like, I mean, for me, it was like, well, what, what clothes do I want to wear? What's, what's, who am I at from in every aspect? How do I want to wear my hair? How do I want to wear, you know, do I want to wear makeup? Do I want to wear clothes? Well, like, what do I want to present? And then there was the whole gender journey on top of that, that I wasn't honestly prepared for. And, and I'm still dealing with that. I'm still going through that journey years later, you know? And then in the meantime, 
You got um, Uncle Raymond and Aunt Dion calling you up saying, hey, you're going to hell. Exactly. You better repent. Are you going like, to come to Christmas this year, sweetie? We're doing a church service right before it. And you know you know what my rules are. If you don't go to church, you don't get to eat the turkey. <laughs> you know, like all that kind of like bartering and, and, yeah. and bribing and all that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I was when I, I remember going through um, when I right before I came out, I also went through I went through a divorce and. I it was like within a six week period of time I found out like that my at the time wife had cheated on me I had to move like I started a new business and the guy who I worked with like I was supposed to leave after six months I gave him six months notice because I was starting this business and he made me leave after two weeks without telling any of my clients so my income went down by half then found out my wife cheated on me and I moved and she left, moved out, threw me under the bus with my, with my pastors also. So I was like completely threw me under the bus and made me look like the asshole. Um, And I had to go to Thanksgiving. That was the first time in 10 years that my entire mom's immediate family had got together in the same place for Thanksgiving. So I had to go and my ex-wife rode with my family while I had to drive by myself because she was the accepted one because she didn't want divorce, quote unquote, which was all bullshit, was all a lie. We had sat down and talked about how we both wanted out of this marriage. It was a fucking miserable marriage. And then because I, and then she threw me under the bus saying she wanted to work on it and I didn't. And so then my family was like, literally took her to my family's reunion and made me drive by myself. That? And then I got there, got a severe sinus infection because my immune system was fucking shot because I was under so much stress. Found out that they had rented out my apartment because I was trying to, we were trying to get out of it early because I couldn't afford it anymore. My income went down to a third of what it was over like one weekend. From like Monday, from Friday to Monday, my income went down by to a third of what it was. Half of my income and then no longer her income. So that, oh, a quarter. That would be a quarter. I'm sorry. It'd be a quarter of our income. I, yeah. Something like that. Whatever the, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my income personally without hers went down by half. And then I got left with all the bills. All of the, you know, the rent, the all of the stuff. Um, phone payments, car payments, everything. And, um, and then had to come back from Thanksgiving early. I was had a sinus infection, so I spent most of the time in bed because I literally couldn't function. It was the most severe sinus infection I've ever had in my entire life. Had to come back, drive back nine hours. This was a nine-hour trip with my dad, <laughs> who, Ugh. my dad. Um, <laughs> Say less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come back, move out of the house. I was up till four o'clock in the morning with, like, three other people moving out of my house, moved into an apartment, and had to start a second job then like the next day. Oh my God. This was all between the week. Like this was all between the beginning, like the last week of October to the first week of December. All of that happened in that amount of time. Interviewed for a new job, started a second job, started a business, all of those things. Yeah. Anyways, that was a really long way of saying that like, you are not prepared to lose 
that entire support system. Mm-hmm. Everything you knew. And that I wasn't even out yet. That was just because of a divorce. Yeah. Oh, and the point of that story that I was telling, sorry. Um, I just love to talk about my <laughs> about all the shit that's happened to me. Um, was that I had to borrow money from someone that was really close to me because I didn't I couldn't pay my bills. And it was the same amount of money that would that it would have cost to file for divorce. Mm-hmm. Which I couldn't, I couldn't do for six months because I couldn't afford it because it's like f- three or four hundred dollars to file for a divorce, mm-hmm. and um, the person that I borrowed money from, I told them I needed to borrow this amount of money. They knew that that was the same amount of money that it would cost to file for divorce, and I wasn't borrowing it for that. I was borrowing it to pay my rent and buy food, mm-hmm. and they were like, they were they they're like, yeah, of course, here's the money. Oh, before they before they gave it to me, they were like. Um, I won't lend you this money so that you can file for a divorce. Like basically, if like if you were going to use this money to file for divorce, I won't give it to you. Mind you, they knew my financial situation. They knew where I was at, and they were very close to me. They were someone who was very close to me, and they were like, "I won't give you this money if it's to file for divorce." And I was like, "It's not. It's to buy food." <laughs> like literally it's, like, it's i'm hungry i'm to buy food <laughs> but it was like that there was a condition to their help yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i just remember being like i would have never asked you for money for that like don't, like you should know me better than that you should know who i am you know like you should know what kind of person i was but it was just gone that relationship was gone mm-hmm. overnight you know People forget, people, I think, forget to talk about how traumatizing that is. Yeah. How devastating that is, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of took over your, I feel like this. So what do you, what what topic do you want to talk about? Let me tell you about my life. <laughs> no, you <gotta> take over. <laughs> I always take over. <laughs> we just slid into your story. <laughs> 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 Listen, that's not the only thing you slid into. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. No, that's not how this goes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's like, first of all, this could just be the Aries in me. But, um, don't fucking, who who gives shit what I'm going to use the money for? I like, we're, we're friends. We trust each other. I'm going to pay you back. Suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In that order. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a family member, so I'd rather not oh. that happen. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, ex- except for the last part, yes. Um, but yeah, Sweet that, home that going, that like, it was just an, it was a moment of the in face realization of like, oh, this love is conditional. Mm-hmm. This yeah. help is conditional. This, that was the first moment that I remember realizing that all of my relationships with my family had changed immediately. That all of this talk of unconditional love, we're always there for you, come as you are, you know, Jesus loves you kind of shit, was was not accurate because there were conditions. There were always, always conditions. Yeah, there were conditions and there, there was lines in the sand where they always said there wasn't. Yep. There were. You're like, oh, you're getting a divorce. Well, I'm not going to help you do that. I'm not going to like. I'm not going to 
unconditional love. Like you may not agree with someone, you know, I mean, and addiction is a really great example. Honestly, like you were saying is a good example of that, of like when you, when you're watching someone go through things that, you know, they're harming, then that, you know, they're difficult, you know, that it's, you know, that it's things they shouldn't be doing. You don't have to be like, yes, totally. I think you should definitely spend your entire paycheck on something that's going to destroy your body and possibly push you to the brink of death. Love that for you. That's Mm -hmm. not, no, that's not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. But like, you can see that they're going through a struggle. So like, oh, they're hungry. Yeah, I'll feed them. Like, or whatever it is that they need. You need someone to talk to? Like, sure, I'll be there for you. Like, I will love and support you and, and, and help you as much as I can. Um, even though I know that what I don't agree with what you're doing, right. like that, I, that was the moment that I realized, oh, that's not how this is. That's yeah. not how they are. This is not true, you know. But you know, in regards to divorce, that's quite different because people are people have religious um, and religious upbringings believe that divorce is like bad. It's like the worst thing you can do. One, well, the well, second to worst. Queer the f- is the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the so, worst thing you can do is be um, be gay. So, But a divorce? Oh, my gosh. It sounds like you're saying divorce. Like like a name. Dolores? But yeah, like like, <laughs> like Dolores kind of, yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and so, you know, when people have that, people, I remember, oh, my God. Sorry, this is. I guess I'm taking over now. Um, uh, well, that, that's it. you're not taking over. This was supposed to be your half of the podcast. So, whoops. We're just sliding. This is a teeter totter. <laughs> <laughs> the that's cucumber it. is now in your bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a cucumber. Just toss just, it back and forth. <laughs> this is a talking stick. It's the talking cucumber. <laughs> Catch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my uh, so. My mother was in a, a very extremely abusive relationship, uh, married to this man um, who was sociopath, narcissist, um, abusive physically, mentally, emotionally, um, crazy, on hard drugs too, and he killed a cat. Um, oh God! So he Fucking was just hell. all around a terrible human being. <sighs> Um, and so anyway, they were married, they got eloped, um, my mom, she used to struggle with, um, uh, pill addiction, Mm. um, she's very open about it, um, but, um, very, very hard, um, addiction with that, and then, so that's, she was on hardcore pills when she met him, and then they got eloped, I, I got off the bus one day. I got off the bus from high school. I got off the bus, walked to the front door, and she's sitting outside smoking a cigarette, and I see a big-ass wedding ring on her finger. And I was like, what is that? She goes, me and me and the devil got married. I will not say his name. Him who shall not be named. Yeah. And I'll say you know who from now on. And and I was like, okay. Because <laughs> what do you say? What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, congrats, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, very bad guy. Wow. Um, and they, so there was a point where my mom got tossed across the kitchen. Oh, God. And beat. And, um, and then 
there was another moment where he stole or he took everything out of the house. She went to drop me off at my dad's. Um, and then, which was a couple hours away, came back to a completely empty house. I remember you telling me the story. Completely. That's devastating. And she, you know, yeah, that's hor- horrifying. And um, no bed. Like literally an empty house? She was, there was a couch. That's all that was left. There was a couch that he took the washer dryer. He took um, the fridge, I think, was still there. So the couch, fridge, no TV, no. Oh, even even our uh, old photos, baby photos, family photos, all what that the stuff. Fuck? That had nothing to do with him. He stole all of it. And God. hung it all over her head in a very narcissistic, crazy way and to get, I don't know, whatever, whatever he wanted from that. And so she took him back. Finally, after one scary, another scary night, um, he went, he left for a contract job, and she said, okay, let's leave right now. We're going to your grandparents, um, and in Michigan, and which I was so thankful for because I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, and we went, um, packed up and left, and um, <clears throat> anyway, they... There, she was discussing to my grandparents about getting a divorce and all that. My grandparents are extremely religious, and they were like, "I don't think God would want that." Knowing all the shit that she's been through this with this man, and they're like, "Well, do you have proof that he ever cheated on you?" That, oh, or God, something yes. like that, because that's yeah. the only way that you could get a divorce in God's eyes and yeah. be as a woman. Yeah. A man can get divorced anytime he wants. Yeah. Well, that it, divorce was not. It was. It was looked. It was frowned upon. For if, uh, but if, a, but yeah. honestly, if a man, I mean, can do whatever the fuck they wanted. That's it was true less. It was yeah. less problematic if the man would divorce yeah. the woman. But anyway, and then yeah, but they were like, excuse the fuck out of me. Yeah. You would rather stay in an abusive home that could possibly eventually literally kill your daughter because yeah. Jesus wants you to stay married. What? Why is marriage so fucking important to toxic religious people? Why? I don't understand. It's a piece of fucking paper. Rip that bitch up. It's and not get out of real. There. It's not real. Yeah. Like if you think about it, it's not real. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm yeah. not saying it's not value, but the people are the ones who put the value in it. Exactly. The people are the ones that put the value into the commitment. If you like, if you want to make that commitment with someone else because it's important to you and mm-hmm. it will benefit you, that's what makes it real. Yeah. And that's what I believe marriage is beautiful because I believe it's in a, most, in a, a kind of a ritualistic way. Not For so sure. much as like the religious kind of side yeah of it. there's there's definitely weight and power and in, in ritual for sure yeah and this like you know two people coming together and vowing their love to each other and whatever the fuck but if at the end of the day there is abuse going on get the fuck out and yeah. don't tell don't tell your daughter to stay in an abusive like who the yeah oh uh, yeah now mind you they don't talk to me after I came out of the closet. <laughs> I mean, do Surprise! you want them to? Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually don't. That I I hate that. I saw that. I witnessed that growing up as well. I mean, my mom's a, an example. My dad was horribly abusive growing up. 
Um, it was mostly verbally and mentally. So, of course, it was always the limits were like, if they hit you, you can leave them. But you still shouldn't. But you can. Or if they cheat on you. And that was the only, anything else. Women, children were expected to put up with literally everything. Yeah. My dad could yell. He could scream. He demeaned my mom. He, he, um shamed her for her weight for her you know oh my god she body shamed her that's the word I'm that's a for. big one actually my mom the... is a shell of a person i adore her i love her dearly don't get me wrong i'm not talking bad about my mom i but i'm saying my dad has like literally destroyed her self-worth yeah. her confidence her yep. like she is a shell of the person that she could be because of my father and she was i mean she, they're still together like she was just expected to um put up with that because marriage is like i mean divorce is the worst thing it's you could possibly so, do so sad it's, it's so sad it's so sad because like queerness aside like how many people are like i mean my dad used to do the same thing to my mom yeah you know fat shame her like mm -hmm. she would she would she just got she had she, she was pregnant with me. Just had me. Now, mind you, I'm her. I was her third child. Mm -hmm. Naturally, you're gonna put on a little weight. And who fucking cares? And who fucking cares? She's exactly. beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful. Regardless, she's a beautiful woman. And um, yeah, he would just shame her constantly. And then, <laughs> but it's like funny because he'd gain weight, and it's like, okay. So it's not a problem for you, but it's a problem for her. Yeah. Yeah. My dad would, exactly the same. It was always, my dad would call my mom lazy and make fun of her weight. And it's so it was, misogynistic. Yeah. It was so bad. It was so, it was just so bad. And I just, watching her put up with that day after day and just watching her, like, just, like, shrink, yeah. you know, as a person. It was just devastating. It was heart-wrenching to watch, you know? Absolutely heart wrenching. I mean, meanwhile, though, he would he would call my sister a slut for and whore and this and that for wearing something that was not even that revealing. Yeah. Uh, her her jeans were a little too tight. Slut. I, and like and abusing her, literally putting his hands on her, mm. and then my you know she's trying to tell my mom, and she my mom just has to kind of push it aside because religious values and. That, yeah. that went on for 10 years. That's and it's like... Out, it's just outrageous. I, I had a, like... I had a memory the other day. I was at a friend's house, and they were like, oh, you can... You know, you're welcome to stay for dinner. And I just was like, oh, no, I... You know what? Actually, it's getting kind of late. I need to go. And I left, and I went... And I just kind of, like, sat with it. I was like, why did I... Why did I... Um, why is it that every time someone asks me to stay or offers for me to stay for dinner... I immediately get severely uncomfortable because and I leave. the dinner table at the no it was be well we it was because my dad ingrained into us as kids that we were always an imposition to everyone and no. he specifically told us if you're at someone's house and they uh, they ask you to stay for dinner you are to leave and come home because if you stayed for dinner and offered and like accepted their invitation, you would be a burden to them. You would be imposing on them. 
and what a sad little man. Yep. First of all, it's in in a lot of cultures and pe- people in general, it's rude to deny. It's rude to not accept that. Yes. It's rude to, yeah. I watched my I watched my like my dad at my his mom's uh, memorial service. His aunt, um, off like was trying to give him money to help pay for the service because they lived out of town and they couldn't be here to help with like her final days and they weren't they really loved her but weren't here physically Mm -hmm. but like they had money it wasn't you know money wasn't really an issue for them and at my grandma's memorial service my aunt was trying to give my dad money to help because it was very clear that that's how they wanted to contribute and he refused it no no i can't take that i'm not taking that absolutely not because he wouldn't accept help from anyone and he ingrained that into me and my sister yeah and it's the like all of that kind of stuff is just fully acceptable absolutely totally fine you know because it is and quote unquote there's there's my dad was the same way very but i feel like our dads were like just extremely prideful yeah my dad very prideful the most prideful person i've ever encountered in my entire life yeah it's like we can't we can't accept help from anybody like it's got it's, we got to figure it out or we got like sh- sit down yeah sit down and accept people's gifts and offers and yeah. you know like just just be open and yeah shrink your ego a little bit put your ego away for a second hey, just put it away it's not serving <laughs> yeah, you for, yeah just just kill it your <laughs> ego is not serving you no you know for the all. most part pride is not beneficial no it really isn't for the most part it really isn't so we've got just a couple more minutes and we gotta wrap up let's like what would you say today as a whole that you took from this episode what advice would you take from this and give to our lovely listeners oh hi advice um for this episode i would say (sighs) um well, good one. Just what we were talking about. Um, be open to receiving from yes. your friends and your people who love you. Be open yes. to receiving um, and also reach out. That's, oh, that's uh, you, Tops. Be, I, open to- <laughs> <laughs> be open to receive and yeah. give. <laughs> Sexually and um, relationships, you know, personally. But all of it. Um, <laughs> You know, just be really open. <laughs> like Tony's asshole. Spit on it if you have to. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm sorry I started this. Ugh. Okay, but yes. And, uh, I almost you know, just died. Did you see I that? W- yeah, you did. This, the chair like went like... You like almost it. ate shit. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop. We've got to stop. We have to stop. <gasps> but yes, that's my advice. <laughs> be open to receiving. <laughs> be open to receiving. Also, that ties into community into the community gonna, aspect. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say also reach out, uh, or don't be afraid to reach out to people you trust. Um, if you're having, if you're going through something, if you're struggling with something like addiction or or an mm-hmm. emotional issue or whatever the fuck it is, don't be afraid to extend your hand out to somebody yeah. else or. You know, and also in the other aspect, if you see somebody that you love who's struggling, don't be afraid to just be like, hey, do you want to talk about it? Or how are you feeling? Yeah. You know, I yeah. just, I think that might be a good 
wrap up advice for this conversation. I 100% agree. What about I, you? Do you have anything? Um, I was going to say, um, there's no, besides your safety, there's no reason to stay in a, a, a toxic um, mm. negative relationship. Society, religion, someone else's opinion is not a reason to stay in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's a process and a lot of people can't just leave because their partners are very abusive. Right. So I'm not just, I'm not promoting that. Like, just leave, just get out of there. Right. Safety's first, obviously, but like society and someone else's opinion, religion, is not a reason to stay in a toxic relationship. And then the other thing I would say, which is, this is I'm saying this to me really, is kind of sit with the reasons why you're not involved in community and see if possibly the motivations are something that is coming from your trauma, coming from a past experience, um, something you've been told that isn't serving you anymore. Yeah. And see if maybe you can work through that and, and see if that is something that you can kind of, um, if that's a part of a journey that you can kind of push through so that you can find community because community is crucial. Mm-hmm. It's a necessity. It's not just important. It re- I really do think it's a necessity. And um, so, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm taking from yeah. this. Push right through. Push right through. It's like a pickle through a barn door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. on that note, <laughs> I'm going to play a playlist that's, is, I call it my empowerment playlist. And it's just a bunch of songs I really fucking like that get me really excited. Love that. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. The next show donuts. They're in the nineties. Um, it's a music history show. Great people. They are, um, yeah, they're playing songs from the nineties. And if you want to follow us, you can on it's our turn pod. On Instagram, uh, it's our turnpot at gmail.com if you want to email us any questions, comments, um, make make sure you're nice because I won't listen to them if you're not. <laughs> and if you want to listen to this podcast, um, if you want to listen to this sh- the podcast that we make from this show, um, you can find that It's Our Turn, Queers and Cults, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbeam. And otherwise, we will...